Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The Michael King Show. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms uh, Friday. Hello, good morning, welcome to the program. It is, that's right, Firearms Friday on your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio, The Michael Luke Show. Good morning and welcome to the program. Uh, we are, uh, this, is the, this is the day we've been waiting for. <laughs> this, is, this is it right here. This is what we've been waiting for. This show right here. So, anyway, thanks for coming in and joining us. Um, I was going to, uh, <laughs> I was, I was trying, to, I was working on getting Dr. John Lott on the program uh, this morning to talk with us about, uh, you know, stuff and things. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for him, uh, so we couldn't get him on. Um, uh, couldn't get him on this time. And uh, we're we're working on uh, working on trying to get him back for next working on trying to get him back for next week. So uh, hopefully, thumbs uh, thumbs thumbs crossed that we'll uh, we'll get him back on. I know it's not supposed to be thumbs. Jeez, guys can't even take a joke this morning. What's up with that? Uh, all right, so what does that mean for us today? Well, it means that uh, we've got a lot to talk about, things that are going on uh, across the country and uh, around the uh, around the world uh, in regards to firearms and the Second Amendment and so much more. And so hopefully you will stick around with us here and be ready to uh, continue this conversation that we have every week right here on the big radio program. Um so uh, headlines from around the country, and I guess I should say it right now. We're going to go ahead and make the uh, we're going to we're going to go ahead and make the phone lines available right now. Uh, number to call 433-3150, 433-3150. If you would like to be part of it, we'd love to hear what uh, you have to say. And we, I mean, we just want, we just come on, come on down. Let's talk about whatever it is that uh, you want to chit chat about. We uh, are ready to uh, have that conversation and talk with you about anything that's firearms related. And uh, we're getting, uh, we're, we're getting all squared away with that right now. We want, we want you to be part of it. Um, uh, so, uh, come on down and, uh, and jump in the, jump in the queue and be part of the conversation with us and, uh, you know, ask questions. That, that's the whole purpose of the, I was on, I appeared on, uh, Chris Story's show this week. Um, he was kind enough to invite me over to address, uh, to address his peeps on his, uh, on his program. 
and to talk specifically about uh, about gun control and uh, the issues surrounding us today with Uvalde and Buffalo and all the different things that we're seeing out there. And um, and I, you know, I was just struck by, again, going back to what is the history of this show? Why does this show, um, you know, why does this show exist, this part of the show? I mean, obviously, four days a week we talk about nothing but statewide business and things like that. But my question became, <clears throat> you know, why why take one day a week and focus it specifically on firearms? And, <clears throat> you know, the, this whole thing came out of, I mean, first of all, my frustration in watching how the mainstream media portrays pretty much everything regarding firearms and gun rights and things like that. I mean, they they do a <clears throat> they do a, a pitiful job of covering most of this stuff. Um they they just they do not do a very very good job at all of doing any of these things. And that's very well it's very frustrating for me. Very frustrating for me to watch and it is um it's disappointing, and it's really kind of the reason why I decided to start focusing specifically on this to try and um, demystify the firearm, to set the record straight, um, you know, to to try and counteract some of the misinformation now some would say intentional misinformation others would say maybe not intentional but you know you know and whether it is whether it's intentional misinformation or not or just you know whether it's just zealous uh, you know uh, biased advocacy or whatever there has just been so many instances of you know, false, misleading, and just downright wrong information in regards to reporting on guns and firearms and laws and things like that. And it continues. I mean, even to this day, even to this day, I mean, the most egregious example I can think of most recently is President Biden getting up in front of all the country, the entire country, to make a comment on something and say something like, the Second Amendment is not absolute. You couldn't buy a ca- a cannon. You couldn't. You couldn't. I mean, saying things like that that uh, you could. I mean, legal. You could. You could legally buy a cannon. You could legally order a machine gun through the mail prior to nineteen thirty. I mean, it it was right there. Boy's life. Send me that Solothurn rifle. Anti tank rifle. 20 millimeter solothurn just send that to me here's my check for fifty dollars i mean it's it's insane that's i mean that's what and yet the president and the news media and the talking heads they all continue to pump out this now in the in the case of the president i mean i don't even know if I'm gonna. I'm never even quite sure if he knows what he's saying. 
I really don't. You know, again, somebody moves their hand and his mouth moves. He's like a Muppet. But, you know, in, in this case, he's obviously just flat out wrong. What was your comment the other day? No, nine millimeter the, the weapons of a thing in the, you know, it's a hard, large caliber and you don't need a large caliber to shoot animals and go hunting. And I mean, all this kind of stuff. It was just all bunk. Like, again, I think we talked about it last week. Would you like to go hunt a moose or a bear with a 22? I mean, I'm sorry, a 30 caliber is not a large caliber. 30 caliber is your base sufficient. That's like your midline caliber. So, you know, I'm talking about, you know, 3030 or a 30-06 or a 308 or whatever. That's like a standard, you know, 300 wind mag. Those are all like standard calibers. That's like the middle of the road. 223, which is the 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 AR caliber, is actually a, it's a smaller it's a it's not a large cartridge, okay? And then you want to get up into large calibers. Now you're talking about things that go well beyond 30 caliber like 375 or 4, you know, 460, 480. I mean, there's some bigger calibers up there as well that you could talk about. But <laughs> anyway, that, that's the whole point here is that we're trying to counteract what the media continues to push as their narrative about guns. Because the problem is, I mean, first and foremost, it is a fundamental right, right? So it is absolute. I don't care what the president says. He's a politician. He don't know Jack. He, it is an absolute right. Just imagine, and I've done this, we've talked about this, I mean, uh, ad nauseum, but just imagine talking about any other fundamental right from the Bill of Rights like we're talking about this, like we're talking about the Second Amendment. Imagine them saying, you know, well, you can't post to Facebook without a, you know, you can't post to Facebook without a, a, a you know, having it be reviewed by the government. You got to post something and then have a five day wait for them to go through it. And I'm sure their backlog is huge and everything else. You can't do that. And uh, the, just imagine the outcry or exercising your religion of some kind. You want to exercise your religion, you've got to get, you know, your sermons have got to be approved and uh, your missionaries have got to be licensed and reviewed and uh, they'll create all, you know, it, it the whole thing. So the, the genesis anyway of everything that we've got going on here is that I was trying to combat the misinformation and yet the misinformation just continues to move on. So we're going to talk about that, and uh, like I said, we're opening up the phone lines if you want to sound off and be part of it as well. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, the president last night got up and just started speaking. Um, the what, what? Who was it? I guess it was at the. It was CNN. CNN. Uh, reported some of it, and they were like, you know, here's what he proposed. Here's the main proposals of what he what he got done. And I had to I had to just look, just shake my head in wonder at the screen as I'm reading this. 
strengthen background checks, enact safe storage laws, and red flag laws. He wanted to strengthen background checks and act safe storage laws and red flag laws, which he said would keep the guns out of hands of felons and fugitives. How? How is a red? How are you going to keep these guns out of the hands of? Um, okay, so I mean, we could take this on a, a, a you know part by part basis, right? Strengthen background checks. Well, these people, most you know, most of these people didn't have a criminal record that we're talking about in these mass shooting events. Some did. The Sutherland Spring shooter, remember, he had a dishonorable discharge that the Air Force, the Department of Defense, uh, um, um, failed to pass on to the Nick's people to inform whoever they're supposed to inform, so that he could become a prohibited person. So it was a failure of executing the law that was already there. Most of the other ones had no criminal background, no issues that would have raised the, you know, raised the 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 ire or thrown a thrown a flag on the play. Safe storage laws. We think about the kid that in the Newtown shooting. I mean, he his 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 mom kept the thing in a gun safe, but he figured out the combination because he's nearly an adult, right? He was 16 or 17 years old, whatever he was. So, I mean, as sneaky as you think you may be as a parent, your kids will probably figure out the combination to your gun safe eventually, right? Or to anything that you've got going on. So he kills her and then steals all the guns out of the gun safe. And then you got the red flag laws. So how are red flag laws going to, you know, with still retaining due process and everything else? I mean, the, the biggest thing, the Parkland shooter, I keep coming back to this, and I know I'm, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but he is just the most egregious example of this. The Parkland school shooter had over 20 interactions with local law enforcement before he went down and shot up the school. 20 interactions from mild to not so mild. And he had almost a dozen interactions with federal law enforcement, the FBI and everything else, and yet he was still able to go down and buy. Tell me again how one more law is going to fix this. Tell me again how that's going to work. Right? So, again, this is the genesis of the whole, of the whole show. This is why we do what we do. Um, and you know, what I find most interesting right now, um, is that the people who are the most vocal about things like gun control and everything else and point to the crisis of the moment that is happening are very selective about some of the things that are going on because there are plenty of things that are happening across the country. Um, but the Democrats and the anti-gun folks are very selective on which shootings matter to them. And we're going to talk about that this morning. So, um, let's, uh, let's continue that in, and let's just, let's, let's take a look at that here in just a hot second, shall we? 
So we're going to continue in a moment, but we got to go to break. And when we come back, we will talk more about that and hopefully take some phone calls. I'm counting on you to help me today. Why don't you call me up? Let's talk through this together. We'll get your take. We'll get my take. We'll get our takes together. We'll make a take cake and talk about, I don't know. The Michael Luke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay, folks, you're going to have to bear with me for a second. I got a problem here in the studio that I've been fighting for the last 20 minutes, and uh, I need some help on it. So I got to call somebody. Don't go anywhere. You guys ready to uh, take a look at this stuff? I got a couple lines on hold, which is uh, always a good thing. Sorry, I'm listening to the air signal over here. Um, Making sure that we've got uh, everything going on. (sighs) There's always a lot more happening when I'm remote, and the last thing I need, of course, is for something to go wrong. So thank goodness... uh, Thank goodness I got a I had a friend in need my uh, or a friend who helped me, helping me I was a friend in need and uh, my uh, engineer here is taking care of it. All right, let me go over to the phones and see who's on the line and we'll get a, a name and where they're calling from to get started here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. It's uh, Fred in Rhode Island. How you been? Oh, good, Fred. Good. Hold on, my friend. You'll be number one when we return here. In just a moment, let's uh, go over here to caller number two. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mike. Jeff from Homer. Beautiful day. Oh, man, I'm missing it. All right. Hold the line, Jeff. You'll be number two after we get done with Fred from Rhode Island. Uh, okay, we are two minutes and 27 seconds out from returning to the radio. Yes, it is that precise. Let me get a drink of water. 
Oh. Greg says he slept in this morning. Jealous. Very jealous. The erosion of our Constitution Bill of Rights continues by the left. If one right is absolute, then none will be safe from these people. Uh, if one right is not absolute, I think is what you meant. It's very If it is antithetical to their very position job they were elected to do and swore an oath to uphold, it's appalling. The federal government is trying to mirror Washington and California gun laws. That's still in the courts being challenged. Pull up the Arm Scholar on YouTube and give that kid a listen. Nerdy 2A lawyer. Okay, thank you. Um, the Uvalde kid had over $9,000 worth of guns and ammo. Where does that 18-year-old unemployed kid get that kind of cash? Well, that's a good question. I haven't been following the details of that case enough to, uh, um, to, uh, uh, to, to, to know exactly. I know that he had two AR-style rifles. That was the last thing I had read. But, I mean, who knows? When Alaska gets no response from troopers, our guns are the only tool left to preserve our liberty. Yep, pretty much. All right, we are one minute out right now, getting ready to return. And we're going to uh, we're gonna continue. i got to pay attention to this, so you guys will have to hold on for just a hot second here. Uh, no, that's not what I wanted. This is what I wanted. All right, here we go. 30, 30 seconds out. Oops. Too many, too many bells and whistles. Too many buttons. So, uh, here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense. Liberty-based. Free thinking radio. Make sure you like and share the show. Like and follow this video. And uh, let's, uh, let's get things rolling here, shall we? Uh, don't forget to like me on YouTube, too. All right. Welcome back. So much to pay attention to and so little time right now. All right. Let's uh, get back into this for our firearms discussion. What I uh, what I love is uh, when we get a chance to chat with other folks from around the country about all these other issues, including uh, our friends outside in the lower 48. This morning, we get to start things off with uh, our friend Fred out in Rhode Island. Fred, what is going on, my friend? How are you doing? Hey, good morning, Michael. You know, there's a couple of aspects of this whole thing that really kind of have an interesting, interesting uh, view. I mean, okay. another way to, hard to, way to explain it. Okay. But th- things that just stand out that just don't make any sense. I mean, all these shootings, all these school shootings, uh, hard to say what the first one was, but apparently it either the copycats or there's something very, very, very strange going on. All these things are so similar. You can lay one on top of the other, and you wouldn't be able to distinguish, in, distinguish between them. I mean, you know, the, this thing down in Valdez and then the other thing over in, uh, you know, Parkland, those are almost identical. Right. Police did not go in right away. They were told to stand, you know, stand down. Don't, don't go in right away. And, of course, in Parkland, you know, that guy, Scott, the chief of police, 
right after that. It was gun control right away. You know, he jumped on that 10 seconds after it happened. Right. So, I mean, tell me that there isn't some kind of underlying reason why these school shootings, especially school shootings, because that kind of tugs at everybody's heartstrings, you know, when no one knows happened. You know, so that that's going to have a great impact. And see, the social media has really spun up some people with some very, I would say, deranged ideas, some, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old people with some very deranged ideas in life. Or there's something more going on. I kind of believe, I'm kind of leaning towards, the, the dots are too perfectly lined up to just be random, I think, in this particular scenario. And I don't, I don't mean to be a cons- conspiracy theorist, but it's just too obvious. To me, it's just way too obvious that something's going on. I don't know if it's the government. I don't know if it's the globalists. I don't know if it's George Soros and Bloomberg and the rest of them. You know, the three Bs, billionaire, big mouth, and a bad idea. Usually that's the destruction of so many things you couldn't even count them all. Right. But, you know, I think that there's something going on here that really needs to be uncovered and looked at, dragged out of the shadows, into the light. Let's get to the bottom of it. And Biden is nothing more. He's nothing more than the water carrier for these people. I mean, this right. guy can't even put cream in his coffee without finding nine ways to screw it up. Well, and so I don't think he's—I don't think he can orchestrate anything. Right, Fred. Well, let, let me say this. I mean, again, I—I I, I don't. You know, I agree with you. Look, I don't—I don't want to get into the conspiracy area, but man, there are so many flags in in some of these things. You know, like for example, the fact that the Uvalde police sat outside for. 40 minutes while this kid basically ran rampant inside well, they did it in parkland they, yeah. they, they well, did it in parkland too well well the one officer did it in parkland before the other police showed up but this was this was a lesson that law enforcement has talked about for a long time this is a lesson that they learned at columbine back in the 90s because that was the procedure that was the policy back then was that you waited outside until everybody was gathered with the SWAT teams and you went in as one cohesive team but they discovered that because you let them run rampant inside there, a lot of people died. So the next, the so the procedure changed, and it was supposed to be first officers on the scene go, you know, not wait for them because a lot of mayhem can be, you know, can happen in five minutes, and if you got to wait an additional five minutes, many many people can be killed. So that kind of stuff, you know, really makes me scratch my head and go why you knew it was there there were 911 calls coming in they stopped parents because at one point parents were like you guys are going to stand out here i'm going in to get my kid and they actually stopped and tackled a couple parents to the ground and wouldn't allow them to go into the school i'm going in to get my kid i gotta be honest with you they'd have been hard pressed to keep me from going into the school they'd have had to tase the hell out of me to get me to not go into the school to save my kid if they were going to stand around you know with their thumbs and rotate um, I, it just, it, it's, it's amazing some of the things that are going on here. And, and it is ironic. I think that there is an aspect of copycat, you know, because we see one shooting and then we see another one. Um, and I don't know, is it so much coincidental? They're all using the, and, and they're all using, and they're all using the same weapon. They're yeah. all using the same weapon. Yeah. Why is it all the same weapon? I mean, there are well, tens of millions of weapons out there. Why this particular one? Right. I, I mean, it's I don't think a little too perfect. Well, I, I mean, I think that there could be an aspect of copycat and everything else. And they saw that somebody got their fame. And so that triggers them to go on and do their thing. But I don't know. It, you're right. It ra- it raises a lot of questions, Fred. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it raises a lot of questions and uh, neither, makes you think. Well, neither, neither, neither am I a conspiracy theorist. But, you know, the thing and, you know, the other aspect is, 
you know, you have rights, you also have responsibility in exercising those rights. And if somebody is mentally deficient, somebody has some really, well, you know the criminal aspect, you know, they bring them up. They, they, they're just bad, period. But, I mean, as far as these people with mental issues, I mean, they have rights. They always have rights in the three basic rights, shelter, you know, sustenance, food, and security. Those are the three that are undeniable to, I mean, you know, undeniable to anybody for any reason. However, the rest of them carry an ounce of responsibility. And if they can't, if they're deficient enough to not exercise it properly, you know, because they are deficient, they have strange ideas, they want to kill people, they want to do harm, they want to create mayhem, you know, it's, you know, they have sacrificed, I don't say sacrificed, but they have delineated some of their, their rights. Right. And that requires them not to have weapons, maybe even not to have a driver's license in some instances, like that clown up in Wisconsin who ran those people down in the parade. Right. You know, I mean, it's stuff like that. We've got to start really paying close attention to who's out there and what they what they're up to, you know. And there isn't a town, village, city, or suburb that doesn't have at least one. Right. You know? Well, so it, I mean, sign that put these people on a radar and keep track of them. Well, and I think it also forces us to question everything. I mean, we need to look at everything and we need to look at it through a very skeptical lens um, and make sure that the you know facts are verified. Yeah. I mean, somebody somebody brings up in the chat room. I mean, this kid in Uvalde. I mean, he worked at Wendy's. He was a fast food restaurant worker. One of my daughters worked in fast food. And and trust me, those guys were not rolling in the dough, and yet he's able to afford a $4,000 no, no. Daniel Defense rifle? Well, How does that, I mean, did he just get a credit card and max it out because he's whacking those, those, yeah, those, are, those are extremely expensive. I mean, they don't they don't give those away. Those, yeah. They, 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 no. So I think that there's I say the outside influence. I don't know what – I don't know what globalist. I don't know what – People like Soros, who loves to get in there and muck things up. I mean, that, 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 that's kind of his specialty anyway, like him, the globalist, or the other guy, Klaus, uh, you know, Klaus Schwab, Hitler number two. You know, I mean, who knows what the, you know what's yeah. behind it? But we got to start looking for it. we really got to start rolling the rocks over and seeing what's crawling around. Yeah. Underneath. No, I mean, again, I think we need to be questioning everything at this point. Just, you know, questioning everything. Thank you, Fred, for your call. I appreciate you sounding off this morning. Jeff is down in Homer. Uh, he's teasing with me with how beautiful it is down there in my adopted hometown. I'm feeling a little jealous right now. Good morning, my friend. What's happening? All the water's flat, too, so how's that? Uh, dang, <laughs> dang. Yeah, um, looking at all this, Mike, um, you know, I've said all along we need to hide in the schools. I'm hearing it on the news now. I'd like they listen to your program or something and listen to us. But... You know, if, if I've had people say, "Well, give me an example," you know, of a hardened uh, or an example of a place that's been hardened and nobody attacks it. Well, in Maine, we made it so that you can take your gun to the school in your vehicle, but you can't go in the school with it unless there's a gunfight going on. And uh, you know, all you got to do is look at Ukraine. I mean, they had nuclear weapons. They gave them to Russia. Russia said, "We'll take care of you. Don't worry. We'll protect you." And now look. Do you trust Biden to take all your weapons and take care of you? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Do you trust the Democrats? You know, and sure, we need to harden the schools. I've said it all along. It's just like the hijacking, you know. Got a screen door in a cockpit, put a new door on there, big one, locks up, can't get in there, nobody, not even anybody. And all of a sudden, no more hijackings. You can't get a hold of the plane. The way to solve this is you can't get in the school. But the problem I see is they've hardened every police station. 
every federal building, every state building around that you find, even if it's more, it doesn't matter, right? You can't go in there. You have to speak through glass in a lot of places, town right, offices, right, right. some of them. Uh, you know, in, so we're hiding everything else. We're leaving the screen door on the schools. Are you kidding me? Right. So if you trust these people with your life, yeah, go turn your guns in. But I don't trust them with mine. You know, well, I can tell you that, or my kids. And that's always, you know, this that's the argument that I've used to, you know, when it comes to places like, you know, shopping malls or big retailers or something who very blatantly, you know, blatantly post rules that say, oh, no firearms allowed, none of this, none of that. And, I, and you know, and I always want to go to the manager and ask, are you guaranteeing my safety in here in case some mass shooter oh. decides to come in and ignore your laws? Are you guaranteeing my safety and my family's safety? Uh, and if they say no, then I'm like, I'm thinking, yeah, well, I guess I'll just keep carrying my firearm in violation of your rules because you're not guaranteeing the safety of my family. And uh, I think I will do my best to do it myself. Uh, it's the same kind of idea, right. only on a you know national or a local level. Um, uh, yeah, the hardening of the schools yeah, is, never, uh, is never under. I mean, they made one change to airliners. To make them more safe, putting that door in there, hundred thousand dollar door in every one of those airliners, and there hasn't been a you know there hasn't been a hijacking of a cockpit since. And I'm not saying that we need to make these schools prisons. I think they already are prisons, but I mean I don't think we need to make them prisons. But yeah, securing the doors and everything else. There's been a whole lot of analysis of that since then, as to how the kid got into the school. Supposedly it it, it was locked down already, but uh, how did he get in? What happened? Uh, the biggest change should be, you know, what about the potential for arming five to 10% of the teachers, not forcing them to be armed, but if they want to be, you know, get them in there, lock the doors and let them be able to defend themselves. Correct. And, and you can make those doors with bulletproof glass in them. They can do a lot of work to them. But I found out that if you go to the government, the government says, well, that's local. They have to do it. All right. That's, that's your town's. So each town has to do it, okay, because they control the schools. But they can pay for it. You don't see any bills coming out saying, oh, Biden, I'm going to stroke the pin today, and I'm going to give the schools all money to, to harden their schools and build little places where they can hide and lock themselves in there. Nobody can shoot them, you know. Right. And by the time the police get there, you know, and there's one entrance coming in, and that's it, and you got to look through that glass, and they'll lock your ass in there, just like a police station. Yeah. You hear them click, 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 you're locked in there. They'll get your crazy ass out of there. But, you know, this is all ridiculous, Mike. It's like I said, gun-free zones, nuclear-free zones are a dangerous damn place to live now. They have been for quite a while, and that's a fact. That you is, want to stop these yeah. idiots? Number one, Biden and them in the 80s, and you know it, I've said it, you've said it, defunded all the insane asylums, so a lot of these people would have been there, and they're not. They encourage this is what they do, and, and, and that, to me, is a cardinal sin, and they will pay. They will pay. Kama will get them. And I hope it's in November. You know, they all get voted out and they start getting investigated because well, this is totally, totally backward right. and wrong. Well, Jeff, we'll have to we'll have to see how they do. We we don't know how they're gonna we don't know what November's gonna bring, but we all have hope. So we'll see what happens there. Thank you for your call, Jeff. I appreciate it. Uh, number to call is four three three thirty one fifty. The Pivotel call in line, powered by our friends over there at Pivotel and Satellite West. Okay, uh, I got another line on hold. Please hold on for just a second. We got to go to break, and I'll come right back to you. We'll talk to you during the break here as well. If you want to get queued up, now's the time to do it. Don't forget, you can also join us 
on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. Uh, and uh, come on out and join us in the chat room there as well. We'll continue with more in your phone calls in just a moment on Firearms Friday. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right. Uh, So. Let's go over to the uh, let's go over to the uh, phone calls here and uh, figure out who's on the line, and we'll get uh, everything kind of squared away for the return to radio. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, hi, Mike Brady again from Vegas. Hey, Brady, why don't you hold the line, my friend, and we'll be back to you here in just a second. Okay, you'll be first up in the queue for when we return. Um, all right, so Brady in Vegas in there. Um, let me turn this down a little bit so I can still hear everything. All right, let's go through some of the comments here that uh, we may have missed it. What is with you constantly saying I'm not a conspiracy theorist? The term has gone out the window. It's time to come out of the matrix. Um, uh, don't be afraid, Mike. Step out of the box. This is Kelly. Uh, Kelly, look, I'm I'm not afraid, but, uh, you know, there are some wild, wild theories out there as to what some of this and and again not that some of them don't all have some element of truth the problem is getting swept into a corner or being labeled or put in a box and having all this stuff that you want to talk about discredited so i try and bring up the salient points uh i mean i think some of it is is crazy talk um but you know it it's it's just it's one of those things it's one of those things um, I'm just very cautious about, uh, you know, some of the things that I embrace because some of the stuff is just crazy talk, but some of it does become very thought provoking. So <clears throat> I guess that's why I said I'm not a conspiracy theorist, nor do I play one on TV. Okay. Um, geez, Jeff stake through the heart. That's when he said, uh, <laughs> that's when he said it was the water was flat in uh um on the thing okay uh virtually discounting spending of the president's list the president yeah the president's speech last night was amazing uh in its uh, i guess boldness to just misrepresent what the constitution and everything else is boy that's blinding behind me isn't it welcome to fairbanks Six o'clock in the morning, and it's brilliantly sunshiny. Okay, um, let's see. The president's quote, word for word last night, Sean, but no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd. You can't, (laughs) this guy is a Muppet. You can't yell crowd. You can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater and call it freedom of speech. Uh, From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. Again, that's not true 
That is not, I mean, there are consistent examples of, you know, privateers, private warships, private warships, cannons, machine guns. People could buy everything that the government could own. And in fact, for a goodly part of the beginning of this country, the citizenry was better armed than the military. Um, for the very beginning of the Second Amendment, people weren't allowed to have, uh, uh, you couldn't uh, own any weapon you wanted to own. From the very beginning that the Second Amendment existed, certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. Where? Where? At a state level? Well, that's because they understood that the states had certain rules and regulations inside them themselves. I mean, that was, that. but at the federal level, there was no restrictions on the federal level. So the idea is just bizarre to suggest that some things weren't recommending they're contrary to the Constitution. Yeah, okay. Except for except for the Supreme Court ruling and everything else. I mean, you're right, Joe. Right. Um, labels are attached when people are unable or not comfortable discussing the issue, says Floyd. Okay. Uh, there's been some conversation on YouTube, which you guys on uh, Facebook are not seeing, about the Vegas shooter. And how did he get the window open and some other things? Anyway, interesting conversations going on back and forth. Speaking of YouTube, if you haven't gone out to YouTube yet and you're watching this show right now on Facebook, could I suggest that maybe you open another window on YouTube and you subscribe to the show over there? I've got three. I've got 3,500 subscribers on Facebook, but I've only got like 269 on YouTube, and I'm trying to get to 1,000. All I need is a third of the people who follow me on Facebook to go over to YouTube and subscribe because I'm trying to get some stuff done over there. But, you know, that's 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 how it is, I guess, apparently. So we'll uh, it, it is what it is. All right. Uh, let's uh, we'll continue ahead here. We'll continue ahead. We got another phone call. I don't have time to grab their name. Oh, I do have time to grab their name. Let me go over here and see who this is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy and Fairbanks. Okay, Randy, hold the line. Uh, so I got uh, I got Brady and Randy. All right, <clears throat> twenty seconds. Like and share. Like and share. Like and share. Like and follow. Subscribe. Ring the bell on YouTube. Follow on Twitch. Do all the things. Do all the things all the time. That's how we got to get it done. Let's jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. All right, we're back. Welcome back to the program. We're continuing Firearms Friday, gun Q&A all day. That's right, gun Q&A all day long. Let's go over back to the phones. Uh, Brady is calling from uh, Lost Wages uh, down there, Nevada, and we'll see what he has to say this morning. Good morning, sir. What is uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, good morning, Mike. Um, I wanted to bring up arming the teachers. I would like to see almost every teacher that's competent to hold a gun wear an ankle holster so the kids can't see that they're having a concealed gun on them. And I think that would solve some of the problems. Again, when they were defunding all the police, the Biden regime, uh, some of the people that got taken out of the force were the ones that were watching our school. So 
Uh, with a double-edged sword there, he got rid of the cops in town here, he got rid of the cops at the school, got rid of the cops at the border. Um, we're we're kind of stuck under this regime. And the worst thing that they did, uh, you know, you're worried about your military getting killed by a bullet. Here you got 98% of our military got the death jab. And if you've been following, not what the media is telling you, but what actually the doctors are finding out in the autopsies, Okay, we got 98% that have been jabbed in our military. In three to five years, they're going to be dead. Okay, how is, are we doing anything right now to replace the military that's going to be dead in the next 36 months? Well, we got a big uh, problem here. Let me back up here. Let me back up here because, I mean, I think that there's a lot of, um, uh, I mean, there's a lot of supposition in that. I definitely, I've not been, not been uh, I have not been vaccinated, and I know a lot of people who haven't. Uh, because we didn't have we didn't have faith that there may not be side effects, but I don't know if that's has necessarily been proven. But let me rewind your statement to be the very beginning again, where you said you think the teachers who are armed in schools need to be wearing ankle holsters so the kids don't see it. And my question is, why? I mean, there's you could conceal a firearm in your body in so many ways that would be so more readily. What's the advantage in your mind over? Uh, what's the advantage in your mind in, in an ankle holster uh, over, you know, uh, inside the waistband, under the shirt, uh, wearing a vest, uh, you know, uh, shoulder holster it, underneath it? Could of, be other, it could be anywhere, Mike. Okay. It, it could, you, you can take your pick. You can put your gun wherever you want. But I've been wearing my gun here now. I'm all, I, I live in Arizona. I also live in Vegas. Uh, I've been wearing my gun on my side since I moved. That's been 30 years I have been carrying my gun on my side. I've had no problem. I've had to pull it out a couple times. I'm not going to go into it. But um, the teachers, if you walked into the school and your teacher was wearing one of the Glocks on the side, uh, the teachers, uh, the kids would probably be pretty scared of that. That's why I think it should be concealed. Also, all these schools, if you even come here to Vegas, there is no protection on the perimeter. Zero. The doors are open on all sides of the schools. You can walk right in. You can drive up the handicap parking, walk right up the wheelchair ramp, and go right into the school with your AR-15 if you want. There is no one that's going to stop you. No one. Uh, okay, so a couple things. I mean, I think that anybody who's advocated for arming teachers, nobody say that they wear a pistol duty belt and wear it out in the open like that. I think the assumption is, is again, the kind of the gray man, you never know who's armed. I mean, in my mind, whenever I suggested teachers be armed, it's because they chose to be armed. They went through their training and they carried it concealed because you just don't know that that leads to that factor. Um, the second thing is, it, you know, any school these days that is not at least hardened their secure. I mean, even up here in Alaska, um, you know, you go to a school and many of the schools are have got the you know, during the day they lock all the doors. You got to get buzzed in uh, or at least go through a lock. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, why not? Not know? here. We're yeah. five hours. We're five hours from the border. You think the, the border's locked down? You think our schools are going to be locked down? You yeah. got an idiot Democrat regime running this country and people are not doing nothing. The Republicans well, ain't standing up, all, the Libertarians ain't standing up, nothing. All the all nothing. the all the local schools, Brady, that has nothing to do with the with the federal stuff. That's all local and you and maybe maybe they're progressives and, and liberals in the local areas that you're talking about, Vegas and, and et cetera. That's a local issue. You need to be talking to your local school boards and things like that. You you can't necessarily blame it all the way back up on the federal government. I mean, uh, th that's something you should be dealing with on a local level. 
Uh, but I appreciate your call. Thank you, uh, Brady. Let's go over here. Randy is uh, here in Fairbanks. Good morning, Randy. What's on your mind? Hi there, Michael. Uh, in the Fairbanks Daily News Minor for Sunday, May 29th, it had the front page article that says, Fairbanks School District Evaluating Safety Protocols. And the subheadline says, Texas Mass Shooting Prompts School Review. Well, on the uh, News Minor website, I had to put in my two cents in the comments section. And I'll just read you what my comment is to that uh, article. I say here, I'm reading it right off the Newsminer uh, website. This is my comment. A Fairbanks school district sh should have two locked cabinets at opposite ends of the building that contains a short semi-auto rifle and a bulletproof vest. The secure cabinet can be opened by a trained and designated teacher with their key in the event of an emergency. As soon as the cabinet is opened, an alert signal is sent to the school office and the police department. The bulletproof vest would have large letters that says, quote, school official, so as to avoid confusion if there is a criminal psychopathic assailant in the building. Also, the gun would be unloaded. The loaded magazine would be kept in a separate locked box that is within the secure cabinet. A security camera would be aimed at the secure cabinet so that it can be verified as to which designated school official opened it. And, and that's my comment. But uh, the reason I made that comment as opposed to having an armed teacher like they do in some schools or in Israel schools and so forth is simply because, you know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, lady parents and everything that uh, don't like that idea, you know, and maybe someday we could do that. But uh, this is my idea for something that I think could get by here in the Fairbanks School District, you know, if it was carefully engineered. Right. And you could have, you know, two cabinets with the uh, uh, guns in them that could be accessed. Now, granted, you, you never really get a need this, not in a thousand years. You know, statistically, nothing's ever like this going to happen, you know, statistically in a thousand years. But at least it'd be there. Well, I mean, I like your idea as part of an overall plan. Uh, but I think that first what they need to do is they need to have trained armed teachers who are already armed with uh, handguns, concealed handguns. And if a situation spirals out of control to the point to where they need something like this, I would not be opposed to having, you know, something like that in a teacher's, you know, teacher's workroom or lounge or in a security closet, you know, like you said, on both ends of the school. Uh, so if they're facing, you know, <clears throat> someone who is, Using a right, I mean that's old Colonel Jess Cooper is the the old joke from Colonel Cooper was uh, the only reason uh, you had the handgun was to fight your way back to the rifle that you should never have left behind in the first place. So I mean I I think that that as part of a plan, I think your idea has merit. Sure, one long one long gun in each end of the school and armed teachers who are armed with handguns that if they need to can go get that back to get back in the fight. I'm I'm not opposed to that. Um, and, uh, sure. Why not? But I think the, the whole point here is that having more people who are armed inside the school that are not necessarily, you know, again, not walking around the known person, you know, the security guard that's in the uniform and everything else that would be the first target of anybody trying to get into a school. Uh, it really, you know, it, it adds that air of uncertainty, the whole situation for any active shooter who would want to come in there. And I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And also, I'm not vaccinated either with the COVID vaccine, though I am pro-vaccine, but I choose not to have it at this right. time. Right. Right. No, exactly. I'm not against it. If you want to get it, get it. 
Uh, I just chose not to because I didn't believe we knew all the long-term ramifications of it. So thank you so much uh, for your call, Randy. Uh, we are coming up. I'm less than a minute. I got one caller on hold, so I'm going to talk to them here in just a hot second. But we are a minute away from uh, jumping onto the uh, news and the top of the hour and everything else. We're going to continue with more Firearms Friday discussion. I'd love to hear what you have to say on these things. We're going to go back through some of the other things that the president wanted in his speech last night, and we'll see what uh, that does for us. Meanwhile, uh, we're going to be back in just a moment. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m., it is the Alaska Radio Auction. We'll be broadcasting live across the state with thousands of dollars in merchandise that you can get for pennies on the dollar, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. 10 a.m. here in the interior and down in Anchorage and 11 a.m. on the peninsula. Come in and join us. I'll be kicking it off tomorrow at 10 a.m. Back with more of The Michael Duke Show. All right, uh, let's go over here to the phone lines and see if this caller wants to uh, wants to hold on through the news because uh, I would love to start off with a phone call uh, in the next hour if we can. But let's figure out who's there first. Good morning. Who's there? Who's who are you? Where are you calling from? Is this me? It is you. Hello. Yes. Uh, Dave Delta Junction. Okay, Dave, we're in the commercial break. We're going to be back in just a couple minutes. Can you hold on and we'll start off with you right at the top of the hour there? Absolutely. All right, Dave, hold the line. We'll be right back to you. Let me put your name on here because hell, that's four and a half minutes away. I could forget your name between now and then. Dave. Dave, not Dave. Dave Delta. Look at that. Boom. Okay, Dave and Delta. Um, all right, let me go back up here and scroll back through some of the things uh, that you guys have been talking about. History bears up that communities formed and equipped militias and home guard units before, during, and after the Civil War and well into the 1880s. They had field guns, full kits for rank and file, um, local residents armed with military grid rifles and small cannons. I mean, again, Sean, it's all BS. I mean, what he says in these speeches is, and nobody bothers to challenge him on it. That's the worst part. Nobody is bothering to challenge him on it. Well, you couldn't buy a cannon. Yes, you could. Again, remember Teddy Roosevelt and his Rough Riders, before going off to charge up that hill in San Juan, were gifted two machine guns by New York City socialites because they were underarmed. And so private citizens went out, they got money together, and they bought a pair of machine guns and gave them to Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders to go fight. I mean, this, it's, it's insane. It, it, and, and again, what, what is most damning about this is that the news media, again, does not bother to question or push back on anything. It's just if the narrative fits what they want to see, then they just don't even question it. Um, uh, good timing, Randy. Brady will make you look good. Okay. Uh, Brian says, ew, ankle holsters. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't understand the ankle holster. I mean, why in the world would you? First of all, I'm a fat guy, right? I mean, not as fat as I used to be, but I'm still a pretty big guy. Bending over to try and grab a gun out of an ankle holster makes no sense for me. Um, let's see. Didn't this guy call yesterday? Yes, yes. 
Collective ownership of a country is communism. What about the borders? Question mark. The only border you need to worry about is your private property. Uh, says someone on YouTube. Um, that's his actual name. Someone, not just some random person. That their username is someone. Um, I am. Uh, I'm. I am not an open borders libertarian. I believe that we have a responsibility if we've all decided to live in a certain way to protect our, you know, our communities from bad actors out there. Because again, in a in a utopian idealistic everybody's a libertarian society sure free and open borders make total sense the problem is is that there's people out there that want to oppress you they don't believe in your laissez-faire free market or you know in, in kind of our ideals of freedom and liberty and they want to come in and do bad things and so having a border uh at the edge of the country to me makes sense um i know that not all libertarians believe that but that's it's one of the things that we, I guess, you know, it's, we agree to disagree. Okay. Schools have fire extinguishers and first aid kits as well as a school nurse. In the 70s, that's all the school ever needed. Today, we need armored belt-fed teacher desks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I mean, maybe we need uh, steel, double steel safety locking doors with bulletproof glass. You know, ballistic, ballistic glass in them. Maybe that's what we need. Um. In your hands are deadly weapons. You will have to cut them off next. Yeah. Well, that's a point that I want to make here. Just, uh, you know. Uh, oh, Paul, you know that wouldn't work. A bad lion would just ignore the ban. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know who a bad lion is, but I understand what you're saying. Um, okay. So I've gotten I've gotten to the end of the comments. Dave's Dave's not here, man. Dave is here. Dave is here, ready to go. He's going to be first up in the queue when we return. <sighs> Water is life. All right. Um, going back to see if there's anything I missed earlier. Con-Con uh, still rolling. The Belton Flintlock was a repeating flintlock conceived by Philadelphia, Pennsylvania resident Joseph Belton sometime prior to 1777. The musket design was offered by Belton to the newly formed Continental Congress in 1777. Belton wrote that the musket could fire eight rounds with one loading. A repeating flintlock? Oh, man, I got to see me some of that action. That's some interesting stuff right there. Um... Mexico border, no problem. Just ask Mexico to join the union. We could always do with more states. Oof. I don't think that's a headache we would want to uh I don't I don't think that's an I don't think that's a headache we would want to inherit. Uh I mean no. I just I just don't think that that is a hot mess that we want to uh, mess with. Um I have a couple 32-ounce, a 28-ounce, and a couple 3-pounders. Come take them. Don't know what you're talking about. Oh, maybe are those are those cannons? I don't know. All right. Well, uh, feel free to sound off in the chat room, and I'll try and get to your chats here as we go through this morning uh, and get to work on a lot of this stuff. Uh, I've still got to go through a lot of what the uh, president talked about last night. And we'll go through all that as well. Uh, we're about uh, 30 seconds out. So 
let's get going. How about that? Uh, the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. B -b -b Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend. I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Jackson. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Yes, sir. Firearms Friday. Well, yes, sir. And or ma'am or however you identify. Welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke show broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the interwebs. Hello, mein Freunde. Was ist jetzt los? Are you ready to talk about things today? Are you ready to get into it and continue our discussions of firearmy goodness? Yes, I am. We've got the phone lines open right now, and in fact, Dave is down in Delta Junction, and we're going to just kick things straight off with him. He's been waiting patiently on the phone, and I appreciate that. So let's start off over there. Good morning, Dave. What's on your mind? Uh, just go back into my childhood and observing some of these mass shootings. Uh, the common denominator is the fact that these nutcases are choosing people that are extremely vulnerable. Uh, in the early 60s, late 50s, early 60s of my childhood, we had a tremendous amount of fun and education going to junior NRA uh, firearms training in the uh, in the uh, National Guard building. Right. Uh, and what I would like to see is firearms training in school starting somewhere in the elementary years, and teachers and the students all attend. Uh, for one thing, anybody that's ever shot for any duration, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, but we've raised a culture of people that are afraid of everything. They're afraid to defend themselves. They think the police will take care of them. The police are going to mop things up after the mess happens. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's typical. We have, we have a d district of Columbia. Uh, we have that man with cowards that send our young men to war. And then, uh, then they've got they've, everything they've given is in vain. They pull out of Afghanistan, fly out of uh, Vietnam under gunfire in my era. Uh, you know, we've just raised a nation of vulnerable people that are afraid of, of everything. Uh, firearms, 
the high plains of Wyoming, we used the school bus to hunt in. So, see, this culture has died with mass population and and uh, leftist ideals. So, firearm training for everybody, and I think they'll have a hell of a lot of fun doing it. Well, I think you'd have a hard time doing firearm training for everybody because, again, as you said, there'd be a lot of pushback. And I think it would have to be something that couldn't be – I don't think it could be universal. I think in rural areas – People would be embracing those kind of ideals. I would say one thing. I think that we should be advocating for firearms safety courses, which may not even include firearms in them. Just telling people, you know, giving them the basics of it and saying, here's what you, you know, don't touch, run away, tell an adult, whatever. I mean, you know, kind of a a, a, a souped up Eddie Eagle program from the NRA in probably some of the more urban areas and then have the the potential for firearms training in some of the more rural areas because that's really i mean this really highlights kind of that urban rural divide in a lot of ways and this is human nature when it comes to big cities and civilizations and societies they often want a different set of rules than what people who are living in the hinterlands want and i think that's the thing this idea that some kind of cookie cutter will fit all people all the time which is what Washington, D.C. excels in, is the cookie-cutter ideal. Uh, and that's why this top-down government idea, the founders did not want that. They saw the federal government as a framework to hold the smaller governments together, not to mandate to it. I mean, it used to be that all power flowed from the states to the federal government, and the Civil War turned that on its head. Um, so I like your idea, but I think you'd have to, again, in some areas it would be firearm safety training where firearms are not even present. You just told them, you know, here's the safety rules. Here's why you do this. And then in other areas, you offer firearms training, uh, you know, rifle teams and everything else. Uh, I think it could work. But again, I'm not sure that there's a one size fits all component to all of that, Dave. Any options out there would certainly be on a, of a very positive nature. Anything out there you can do would yeah. help. No, I, wouldn't di- I would not disagree with that, my friend. I 100% agree. I would like to see that. I mean, how many kids are killed uh, around the country in any given year because some other kid who had no idea about any kind of firearm safety, you know, they were all, we went over to Johnny's house and Johnny found dad's gun and pulled it out and we were all checking it out and I accidentally shot Johnny. Because you had no idea, you had no firearms training, you had no safety training, whether or not you'd actually ever held a gun before, you had no training about it at all. And you've seen Call of Duty in the movies and everything looks cool. I mean, again, it's anything we could do to try and alleviate some of these problems would definitely be a help. Yeah, any 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 firearms training course... It- even open open a brand new box of Ruger firearms. The first thing in your in your face in the paper in the owner's manual or any firearms training. The first thing out is safety. So yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I thank you, thank you, Dave, for calling in. It was good to hear from you. I appreciate you listening out there in beautiful Delta Junction. Uh, all right, that leaves all four lines open on the uh, call line, uh, Satellite West uh, phone call line. At 433-3150-907-433-3150. And phone lines are open all day today. So you want to talk about any of the things we're talking about, we can continue. We got started uh, yesterday again talking about President Biden's speech last night where he laid out some proposals. He urged Congress to make a number of moves to push back against the gun community. No right is absolute. Um, Which... 
Um, no, they there are absolute rights. There are absolute rights. They, again, the government does not give rights. And this will probably be the biggest difference between, you know, uh, that many people will experience between, uh, you know, two different philosophies, the left and the right, is that the government doesn't grant rights. The Constitution itself does not even grant rights. The Constitution enumerates, lays out, lists rights for citizens. It does restrict the government from interfering in those rights. Um, that's like saying a, a, a birth certificate gives life. No, a birth certificate enumerates the fact that that life came into, uh, came into being at the time and the place and the date and to whom the baby was born. That's, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. They don't give, see, that's not what they, they want to say that the government gives you those rights. In fact, let me see if the whitehouse.gov, the whitehouse.gov, that we talked about this before, sorry, uh, whitehouse.gov uh, uh, bill of rights. There used to be on the White House, here we go, um, whitehouse.gov, our government, uh, I'm looking for the bill of rights. Um, yeah, so you go through the, this is at whitehouse.gov and there's a, there's a, which is the, again, the president's website, right? And it enumerates, it talks about the constitution. It talks about the bill of rights. And I always found it ironic that you go through the 10th, uh, you go through the 10 rights in the bill of rights and here's what it says. It, about the Second Amendment. It says the Second Amendment gives citizens the right to bear arms. Now, of the Ten Amendments, that's the only one where it says it gives the citizens the rights to bear arms. Everything else it provides that Congress makes no law respecting the establishment religion, prohibits government from quartering troops, protects citizens from unreasonable search and seizures, provides that citizens not be subject to prohibitive prosecution, assures the right to a speedy trial, provides that civil cases preserve the right to jury, prohibits excessive bail. I mean, it talks about prohibiting and profit, but this one says it gives the right to get, which is absolutely false. Those rights are inalienable, given to us by our creator. They are inherent to us as a being. But see, this is how they see it, that the government, the Constitution, the amendment gives those rights. No, no. Those rights are inherent and inalienable. That's the difference between a lot of these things that go out there. Anyway. Um, the president just continues on and on. So, uh, the president says we should have a, an assault weapons ban and a high capacity magazine ban. I mean, because they've done so good before, right? The 1994 assault weapons ban, which showed absolutely no effect. The Rand Corporation did an exhaustive study on this back in 2006 after the expired, it expired in 2004 and found that there was no substantive change to any of the crime statistics based on the assault weapons ban one way or the other. The magazine ban, again, this goes back to the Virginia Tech shooting. They were crying about a magazine ban until they discovered the shooter had all 10-round magazines. He just had a bunch of them. Uh, didn't, didn't make any difference. The president says if we can't have an assault weapons ban, we should raise the age to purchase them from 18 to 21. 
wait, you're 18, you're old enough to live on your own, but you're not old enough to be able to defend your own home and your own family? What? And, of course, his excuse is, look, I know some folks will say 18-year-olds can serve in the military and fire those weapons, but that's with training and supervision from the best-trained experts in the world, meaning you got permission from the government, and you're under government supervision to do that. Yeah, because the government's done such a bang-up job. Such a bang-up job. Then he talked about repealing the immunity that protects gun manufacturers from liability. Oh, we should repeal that liability shields that protects gun manufacturers from being sued for the death and destruction caused by their weapons. Well, what about Jack Daniels? What about Ford Motor Company? You know, when that drunk driver runs over and kills that little old lady or drives into a school bus full of kids, what about that? I mean, I mean, is that what we're talking about here? That's the same kind of things that you're, you're putting out here. He did mention something about a mental health crisis. I mean, the most innocuous thing that he talked about was the mental health issues. And he talked about, um, you know, he talked about uh, getting more mental health services for students in schools. And maybe that would stop it. I mean, at least somebody talked a little bit about the biggest issue here is that many of these shooters have had mental health issues. Maybe it's because that hasn't been diagnosed or they don't have access or whatever. We've got a mental health crisis in this country. There's just no two ways about it. I mean, after elimination of the mental health system, uh, the institutions, the uh, you know, the asylums or the men- whatever you want to call them, uh, back in the you know the late '80s and '90s when, when the last ones of them closed, here we are, 30 years later, wondering you know why we're having such a hard time. I'm not saying that those are great institutions. I'm saying we have no place to go for people who are having these kind of psychotic breaks or, you know, complete nervous breakdowns or all these. There's just it. it, We haven't fixed. All we did was shut them down and let everybody out again, not excusing the bad things that were happening in that mental health. There was some horrific stuff going on. But instead of finding a way to fix it, we just flipped the switch off and closed the doors and shoved everybody out on the street and said, go. I mean, that we have a real problem here. All right. Um, I got two lines on hold, and I, I bloviated there. I'm sorry. I got time to get to one of these calls before we go to break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is uh, Brian calling from The Hook. Hello, Brian. What's up, my friend? Oh, momentary panic this morning. I thought I was out of coffee. It was not going to be a good day. <laughs> I had start, started off. We're going to follow up with uh, Dave from Major Metropolitan Delta Junction. That's kind of uh, springboard off of one of his comments. And you know, he's talking about the gun safety in schools and the basic gun safety. Good. There's one thing to say. Right. Second thing to say. Prosecute people who falsify their ATF forms. Start off, grab Hunter Biden, pray him up, charge him. If he's guilty, punish him. Right. That would demonstrate that uh, the, the rich and famous and the important and the politically connected can't get away with this, that it doesn't apply to everyone. Right. Third thing, just start working with, fix the problems that you can fix. There is not going to be a one-size-fits-all with these things. So well, let's go after working on the inner cities and figure out some of the gang problems. Figure out, find a solution to that. Just going out wholesale going, okay, we're going to ban guns, that'll fix it. But right. it doesn't. It's a very complicated problem. It involves a lot of moving pieces. And we need to focus on fixing what we can fix 
only fix those, move on to another one. Right. So, you know, this one size, we're going to ban these big guns. Uh, I just, I heard that from Biden, and I just pitched the coffee cup across the room. So, anyway. <laughs> uh, well, because, again, yeah, yeah you're, there's, you're, there's not a, your one more law is not going to fix everything. But, no, it's like your brother goes out, breaks a window. Dad goes out, yells at the brother, and then comes in and punishes all of his siblings for what he did. Right. You know? Right. And, and it's just incomprehensible. Yeah. Let me, one, one last thing. When, Quickly, yeah. Uh, he talked about holding the gun liable. Yeah, sorry. When he talked about holding gun li- uh, manufacturing liable, what about holding Congress liable, the president liable? Big pharmaceutical companies liable. They get exemptions, right? Right. From liability. So anyway, yeah, the hypocrisy of the Muppet Chief boggles my mind. Yeah, no. I'm a Thanks, hundred... Michael. Have a great day. Enjoy Fairbanks. Uh, I appreciate that, my friend. I agree with you 100. percent I mean, there's so many other things. The the way you know the the not protecting the gun manufacturers from misuse of a legal lawful product is just another way to try and put them out of business so that they can't produce firearms anymore. That's the whole point. All right, we're uh, we're up against the break. I got one more line on hold. We're going to talk to them here in a hot second on the break and we'll be back with more. It is the Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Okay, we're in the break. Let me go over to the. Uh, uh, let me go over to the uh, 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 phone lines here, and we'll get uh, our one more caller here. Good morning. Who's this? Where you calling from? Good morning. This is Jake calling from the Delta Junction area. Well, Delta is a busy place today, uh, Jake. It's like a major metroplex in the state of Alaska this morning. Uh, you want to hold the line, my friend, and we'll be back to you here just <laughs> when we get back from the commercial break. Sure. All right, hold the line for me here. I'm going to sure. put you on uh, put you back on hold. This uh dang, this light on the side of my face is killing me. Uh all right. Uh you guys already here in 1980 the fastest growing industry for the high school dropout was McDonald's with prison beings number 2. Today the ex-military are the mainstay for employees. Interesting fact. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Charlie Pierce is in Wasilla tonight. Ticket link is on his Facebook page. I encourage everybody to attend, says Terry. Oh, good for him. Okay. Friday, fire, Firearms Friday movie quote. Doc, upon plucking a bullet from the Montana kid's butt. Well, hello. Again, I'd say 36 calamari right. I don't know. I didn't get a good look at it. I, looking at it going in, I appreciate you tending my wound, Docs, but I ain't got no money. I always pull the first bullet out of a man's posterior pro bono. It's a time on her. What movie is that, Sean? I want to know what. I want to know what. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what movie that is because that makes me smile. Um, um, 
Why are all the mass shooters male? Could it be our masculinity question? Seriously, why only males? Uh, that's not necessarily true. The the San Bernardino shooters, uh, the ones that went to the YouTube campus and shot up a bunch of people, that was a husband and wife crew. There was a female there. Uh, but you're right, 99.99% of them male. Um... Soft targets, soft targets. Yeah, gun-free zones are soft targets, and uh, we've had many, many discussions about that, including, oh, Dr. Lott and I talked about this four or five years ago. I think it was the Sacramento shooter um, that left behind in his apartment a whole bunch of, like, uh, diaries and journals that talked about his buildup to his shooting. And he actually, um, he actually um, uh, wrote about that in his journal when he was planning the shooting is that he talked about different places that he might want to go attack. And he reasoned out that in the journal that the best places were the places where the, the guns weren't allowed because there would be nobody there to, there'd be nobody there to counteract him, nobody there to shoot him back. Um, and so gun-free zones became his target, um, um, you know, anyway, so good, good stuff. Uh, all right. What else do we want to cover here? Boy, the show just went so fast this morning. I had a bunch of stories lined up and we haven't even gotten to, uh, we haven't even gotten to the rest of them yet. Uh, but uh we'll we'll continue to take i appreciate i enjoy the calls more than anything else i enjoy talking to folks so if you're listening in the chat room and you'd like to sound off there's 32 people here with us this morning in the chat room uh we'd love to hear from you give us a call 433-3150-433-3150 and we would uh we'd just love to love to chat um Canadian Western 2010 gunless. I didn't know they made Canadian Westerns. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, Sean. Sean sends me stuff all the time through email and stuff, cool music and and video clips and movies and some of the I mean, he's got Sean's got uh he's got that research bug where he just finds all kinds of cool stuff and passes it on. I don't always say thank you, Sean, but thank you. Oh, um I know I said this the other day, but I wanted to say thank you again to our newest, um, uh, our newest Common Sense Core member. Um, uh, new, uh, pay three on. I'm sorry, I'm trying to. I got all this stuff in front of me here. I'm trying to use a keyboard on my laptop, and it's not working here. Uh, e uh, on. No, Patriot. Uh, Herder Winkleman. Herder. I said this the other day, but I wanted to say it again. Thank you for becoming a member. He is a hardcore member, which is nice. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. and I, as soon as I open up my email, I'm like, well, there's a lot of email in here that I need to read that I should have read before I got started with the show this morning, but I didn't. So that's how it works. Welcome back to the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hello, how are you? Thanks for coming on board and joining us. We're continuing now our discussions on firearms and more. 
Got a little distracted there. There's a lot of things going on, and we are ready to go. On the line right now, uh, we've got our friend uh, down in Delta. And, of course, I didn't uh, I didn't write down the name. I still say, it still says Dave from Delta, but it's not Dave from Delta. It's another caller from Delta. Good morning. I've, no. I'm sorry I forgot your name already. Good morning. Jake here. Jake. There you go, Jake. Sorry. You know, it's, Jake. I'm like a squirrel. It was shiny object, and I I lost my mind. So, Jake, what are your thoughts here on this firearms Friday? <laughs> well, it, there's a difficulty I see. I mean, but the, but the what was said last night um, is the usual thing we hear from the leaders that want to take away the rights. But the issue I see is more not an issue with our leaders, but with our populace. Like the other caller said about the training. Training would be good, but we the second caller said we need to take care of what we can. And what problems that really we have to take care of is the knowledge of, of guns, both within training and within civic duty. Right now, if you've seen videos online, uh, they say, what do the current generation know? They don't even know sometimes how many states we have, where the capital is. Right. I mean, you're talking about arming the, some of our kids that don't even know basic civics. Right, right. No, as I mean, well as the, some of the spiritual and social. There's not a right. basis for common spiritual norms or social norms and civic norms, and they they don't know how to handle anything but maybe an Xbox controller. <laughs> well, you are it's right. Incredible. I mean, we've you know when we don't teach our history, we're doomed to repeat it, and unfortunately, uh, civics has become. Uh, you know, very convoluted. And you're right. Uh, I remember pointing out the fact that in one of my daughters, my oldest daughters, who's now 27, 28, uh, when she was first in school, uh, I noticed her first homeschooling, one of the textbooks we got, I was like, this textbook is trash because it went through, you know, the founding of the nation and everything else that took up like three pages. And then it had like three chapters on, the whole civil rights movement, not that the civil rights movement was not important, but the foundation of the country is a pretty important topic. You know what I mean? And then they had two or three pages on the Civil War, exactly. and, and then they had chapters on everything else that went on well, after it, that. It sets up the foundation of where we are as a people and a melting pot for all diversity to become unified. Right, right. It doesn't mean you have to lose your identity. Right. We just unify under one cause of freedom and the uh, liberties and if any and an alien, I can't say the word, unalienable right. Inalien- yeah, <laughs> so. inalienable. And and so, but here's my yeah, you're you're 100 right because here's my question: if we don't understand civics, if we don't understand the basic foundation of how our government works, we don't understand that, then we can't keep it because people will be calling. I mean, how many people on the street are crying out for the president Precisely. to just just stroke a pen and do something? That's not how it works. You know, there's three separate branches of government. Well, Congress can't just, well, that's not how it works. The the courts get the final say on it. I mean, you know, how can we, if we don't understand that, it will go away. And so you're right. If we're not teaching our children this is civics. Why we'll lose our rights. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why our government continues to have problems, because the populace won't enforce the, the restrictions that the Constitution enables them to do. Right, exactly. Well, and it's it's little things, too. Again, it's like I said earlier uh, on the White House website. 
the Second Amendment gives you the right. No, you have the right. The Second Amendment protects, it enumerates, and it protects that right. And that's where the that's where we've also gone astray in the idea of civics, is that somehow we think that government grants us these rights. Some people believe that. The government gives you that. Well, if the government can mm. give, the government can take away. If, if we don't understand the basic yeah. foundations of that. And that's why that, people yeah. forget that by the people, for the people. The people have to be in it, or yeah. otherwise it doesn't work. Absolutely. Uh, Jake, thank you so much for calling in this morning. It was good to hear from you. I appreciate you calling and being part of it. Uh, we got a few more minutes here before we run the clock out. Let's go over here to our next caller. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? I'm Terry, calling from Kodiak. Hello, Terry and Kodiak. How is the uh, Emerald Isle today? Oh, uh, sunny and uh, doesn't look like it might might not. I mean, it's probably not going to rain. That's... Um, that's always I, I a plus. I just wanted to uh, say that uh, I'm glad the caller before me mentioned the spiritual aspect because uh, there are uh, people in the past in the nation's history like Son of Sam. <laughs> Some of the older people might remember that story. Uh, also, uh, Nicky Cruz, uh, who was the most dangerous uh, <clears throat> most dangerous young uh, gang uh, president in New York City uh, at a time when it had 3 million people population. And uh, he uh, got got pretty famous in that uh, book called The uh, Cross and the Switchblade. I mean, he'd become famous before that because uh, uh, David Wilkerson, a Midwestern pastor, came... Uh, to, to New York and started trying to help the the kids that were right. in crisis. Right. Uh, and uh, now uh, there's a, a, a group called Adult and Teen Challenge that, that helps people hooked on fentanyl and all kinds of things. Uh, and it, it's got a real high recovery rate. It, it was started because of Nikki Cruz uh, and, and Wilkerson and... Um, I, I just think the, the spiritual aspect has has been ignored mostly by the current administration. Um, I know uh, as a, a granddaughter of uh, one of Oregon's uh, pioneers, uh, my grandfather saw a duel in the streets of Mitchell, Mitchell Oregon, and uh, there, there was just no prayer going on back in those days and and we had a wild west that came out of it and it, it just seems like that's being ignored now this the spiritual right. aspect over the well establishment yeah. clause but uh I, well, I thomas jefferson uh i i gotta say thomas jefferson did uh I, I gotta say that you know i agree that there should be a spiritual aspect of it people should have the right to do it we should not be afraid to talk about it um but uh you know you're right a lot of that stuff is lost I got to go. Thank you for calling in the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Streaming live every weekday mornings on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Uh, thank you for your call. I'm sorry uh, we were running up against a break there. I had to go. Um, all right. Um, since World War II, moms working and our nation's family unit are under attack. 
Well, I mean, a lot of it has to do with, you know, you know, going back to James Carville, you know, it's the economy, stupid, right? I mean, used to be a single income family could afford, a, you know, a couple cars and a vacation cabin on a lake somewhere. And, you know, dad could work 40, 45 hours a week and be able to pull that off. And now it does take two incomes to uh, to do more and more. And uh, so now they're everybody's busy and the embracing of the idea of, you know, delete, deleting the family unit, so to speak. Uh, I mean, I think the nuclear family is under attack. Uh, and I think that's been a problem as well. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty shocking. Uh, somebody actually brought up something that was interesting the other day to me. And they said, if toxic, if toxic masculinity is such a problem, how do you explain that when there are so many single moms and children raised without fathers how does how do you explain this toxic masculinity in that respect that's a good question um again i don't i mean i don't subscribe to the are there men out there who are toxic absolutely but that it is some kind of um some kind of epidemic I don't necessarily believe that that's true, although they probably would say that I'm being masculine and, you know, being toxic just because I say that at this point. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, civil rights often concern anti-discrimination laws against the bad sector. Basic human right not to hire an old person. I don't need an anti-discrimination law to protect me. I mean, I agree with that. Um, and I think... I think some of the, um, I think some of the anti-discrimination laws, especially when it continues to go into uh, things like, excuse me, ageism and uh, you know some of the gender ones and everything. I mean, I think that that's just, I think it's just repetitive and getting government more and more involved in a marketplace of ideas where people can make decisions for themselves. Um. Just making sure last last time I overran the uh I overran the clock and I didn't uh I didn't rejoin properly, which is a problem. Mike, uh, Rep Prax is speaking at Republican luncheon today, noon at the Westmark. Okay. Um All right. I think I what Want insight in a movie, Grapes of Wrath? You want insight in a movie? Go watch a movie. Uh, it's called the uh, the battle the Battle of Athens. Is that the name of it? I think that's the name of the movie. Um, battle of I'm doing it finger hunting movie. Oh, there we go. Um, Battle of Athens movie. Uh, the Battle of Athens. Um, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting, uh, flick. The Battle of Athens. Uh, what's it, is that? That's what it's called, right? Yep. 
When was it produced? It's this is an older movie. Um. Anyway, there's some interesting stuff uh, out there if you want to go see. You want to get some insight in movies. There's a few out there that you could go watch that would be uh, a very cool. Um, American Story. Oh, it's called An American Story. I apologize. An American Story. Inglorious Bastards is kind of... Ins- I love Inglorious Bastards. If only things had... Uh, if only things had uh, uh, turned out that way. Uh, the Battle of the Inglorious Bastards is a pretty good pretty good deal. Um, all right. We're about 30 seconds out here. I'm waiting for my phone to ring. We're going to be joined by Willie Waffle from wafflemovies.com, who's going to come on board and, uh, and uh, share his wit and witticism. We're going to wind things up for the weekend and enjoy... Um, and uh, enjoy a little bit of uh, letting our hair down. Speaking of movies, um, insights from Greats of Wrath is don't stroke a little mouse too hard. <laughs> you broke it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time since I read Grapes of Wrath. Oof, man, what a good flick. All right, folks, uh, we're getting ready to jump back into it. Let me uh, do what I need to do there. 10 seconds or so, my phone is buzzing, and we are ready to get it done. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. Hi there, ho there, hey there. Final segment for the show today. That's right, we're down in the weeds now. Getting ready for the big uh, radio auction tomorrow at uh, 10 a.m. In case I didn't mention that before. AlaskaRadioAuction.com is where you go to get all that good stuff. Get some details right now on it. Meanwhile, we're going to go to the entertainment sector. Our boy, he's a man, but we call him our boy. It is Willie Waffle. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? I'm feeling great. Come on. It, it's it's just been one of those weeks where, you know, everything that could happen has happened. Right. Exactly. Well, nothing, you know, there's nothing better, uh, you know, than a long weekend, except for, of course, I guess the next best thing is the short week that comes after. You know what I mean? So, oh, man. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's the beauty right there. All right. Well, we got some stuff to talk about on the entertainment front before we get to the movies and the streams. Uh, let's start off with something I'm really chomping at the bit out. The Boys Season 3 Amazon Prime kicks off today i guess it's dropped did it drop at midnight is it i have yeah well their thing is they drop at 3 a.m eastern that way it's midnight pacific so like 11 o'clock thursday night on your side yeah and you know and and this is this is this is supposedly the part of the series where they start to show some heart (laughs) well they've showed us some heart before it was just through the rib cage uh (laughs) you know this one is just a little, this is, this has really been a good series. I mean, it's very, it's very, uh, it's violent. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It's comic booky, but it's like dark comic booky. Uh, and I've enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, I really have definitely not safe for work. So if you're offended by language or violence, definitely not one for you, but I got a real kick out of it and the reviews have been pretty stunning. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the boys is probably, 
I mean, I'm going to say within the top three or four productions that Amazon has put out uh, as far as success, as far as right. critical darling, as far as, you know, people watching it. I mean, it's, it's usually one of the highest rated streams. Uh, so, you know, this this is just a continuation of something that really has, has taken hold and and really was was home. Now I want to say homegrown, but, you know, was really grown from the roots. You know, like there there, there were no recognizable stars. I'm sure, there's a couple people, you know, but, sure. you know, there, there, there was no Brad Pitt in this. There, right. you know, so they yeah. really had to do it on quality and they had to do it on stunning you and giving you something different and that's what's supposed to continue in season three yeah as they try to take on homelander yeah carl urban who is dr mccoy in star trek and uh, one of the rohan writers in lord of the rings and was judge dread i mean he's a good i don't think he's an a-list actor although maybe this pushes him into the a-list category but he's a really good actor he was really the only known name out there i guess unless you say elizabeth shoe from uh, back to the future but anyway uh, now jensen ackles uh for those of you who don't know he's the guy from uh supernatural which is a, a fantastic series um after 15 seasons of that he decided to do something different he's coming on and i can't wait this is going to be a good show I, I just I think you're going to be excited because I know you've been looking forward to this for a long time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, let me tell you what I wasn't looking forward to: a Hunger Games prequel. I mean, now I read and listened to the Hunger Games, great books. The movies were okay. You know, I don't I don't think I saw the last movie or maybe the last two. Maybe I just watched the first one. I can't remember, but it was good. But now they're going to do a prequel. Yeah, well, you know, hey, you know, everybody wants to do the Marvel thing. They want to do the Star Wars thing. They want to give you every iteration and every universe they could possibly think of. So this one is going back. It's a prequel. It's called The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And it is the the growing of President Snow and who he becomes. But they have gotten their big female heroine. This week it was finally announced. They have signed up. West Side Story star Rachel Zegler. Okay. So you know, she, which this is good. She's yeah. a good actress. Yeah. This is a good name. And she's going to play somebody. This is a prequel, well, so I'm assuming it's somebody It's in uh, the Mockingjay's uh, early, early years. Yeah. She, she is a District 12 tribute known as Lucy Gray Baird. And she is mentored by the future President Snow. But uh, maybe they have differing, uh, differing, uh, motivations here my friends mm, okay all right well i mean uh, you know they'll make some bank on it i don't know if it'll be gangbusters but you know it's got it's pretty I, you know what do you think i don't know i i you know i i know people are gonna hate me for saying this i'm gonna put it in the avatar category oh i think i think this is the sequel nobody's asking for i mean yeah. the hunger games had its moment and and was very successful i liked them very much uh, you know i thought all the movies were pretty good but you know it's not like they have lived on in our memories and in our hearts over the past 10 years <laughs> right right uh, you know you know you don't see the hunger games on tv as much as you see star wars in every marvel movie right uh, you, you you just don't and, and and i say the same thing about avatar i think it's the sequel nobody asked for you know and and when when it comes out they're gonna have to work like crazy to bring in new people because I don't think any of the people who saw the first go around are that excited. I mean, some are, don't get me wrong, right. but I don't think that it has, I don't think it has the reach and, and the, the, uh, the gravitas of some of these other things that have been going for years and years and years. All right. Well, we'll look at that one. Uh, but this latest new horror release, and I'm not a huge horror fan, but even I might go see this one. <laughs> 
Winnie the Pooh has been covered by intellectual property rights and copyright for many, many years, but their copyright just expired. And guess what? Somebody done made a horror film with Winnie the Pooh. This is so good. I'm just oh, like, God. what? What? Oh, silly old bear. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, this is like Disney's worst nightmare right here, you know, that, that you know, they've been fighting for years. They've always gotten the copyright laws extended so they could still own the properties that they have. But this one slipped through. So, there, yes, there was one Winnie the Pooh story that really isn't covered by Disney's copyright. And because it's so old, it has fallen into the public realm so anybody can do anything with these characters. And somebody wrote Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and honey. Yes, Winnie and Piglet have gone feral because uh, Christopher Robin is no longer around to feed them and they're hungry, my friends. Oh, my Lord. All oh, very hungry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just, I can't imagine. This is going to be hysterical. Um, any word on, I mean, is this is this any big names or anybody who knows no. what they're doing on it? This is just some kind of, some guy in his basement or what? Yeah, it, it's some guy who noticed this and went, I'm going to act fast before everybody figures it out or the lawyers stop me. So, you know, he's making it over in London. He's shot most of it. He's trying to get it produced as fast as possible and into theaters as fast as possible, maybe this fall, just so, you know, he doesn't get stopped because he's going to get stopped. Okay. If you see this, if you see the clips, they're hilarious. I mean, and, and I think he's counting on that. It's, it's part slasher movie, but also part just, just horrible farce because Winnie the Pooh getting ready to eat somebody just sounds hilarious this when is, you look at him yeah this is like one of those dark comedies that'll be so funny it'll be you know uh all right well i'm i i actually might even watch that that just be just for the poop just for the poo factor um okay um let's get on to the final story uh world record memorial day recording top gun beats the record yeah. of pirates of the caribbean uh for best weekend opening on uh, memorial day uh it that's that's big you know who would have thought tom cruise would become an overnight success at this point in his career <laughs> right exactly <laughs> and, and that's the funny part that's the thing now now you we we talked about you know it was it is the now the record breaker the the record holder for highest grossing memorial day weekend film it's also the first tom cruise movie to open at over a hundred million dollars in one weekend wow that's big. Now, some of that is inflation and everything else, but at the same time, that's still a big milestone. I mean, Top Gun still, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've watched Top Gun. Uh, so this has got some nostalgia baked into it, and this is the sequel that everybody wasn't asking for but is going to love. Oh, my God. Deliver so big. I mean, if, if you haven't seen it yet, just get yourself out and go have a good time. I mean, you know, and, and the funny thing is it, it literally feels like a carbon copy of the first movie. Uh, you know, there's a lot of the same imagery, a lot of the same scenes, kind of the same arc of the story. And you don't care because you're having so much of a good time. So, you know, the, the story is we're catching up with Maverick. We're catching up with where he is now 35 years later. And and those of you who are big fans of the movie will remember at the end of Top Gun, he said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go teach at Top Gun. We find out that didn't work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out that he's been doing a lot of other stuff. But now he's been called back. There's somebody very powerful within the Navy that feels there's only he's the only pilot who can teach the top top 
pilots in, in all the Navy to go on this top secret, massively dangerous mission that's almost certain to be leading to their death. And that is a certain Admiral Kazansky, better known as Iceman. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm down with this. I'm down with this. Uh, this is a big screen movie, I'm assuming. I mean, you got to go watch oh. this on the big screen. Absolutely, because that's the sales pitch: is that you're going to feel like you're flying around in the in the airplane with these guys, and and you see it so beautifully. I mean, just uh, you know, just putting the cameras right in there with the pilots, and and you get as disoriented as any pilot could. I mean, it's just crazy going up, going down, flipping around, being inverted, you know, shooting up into the sky. I mean, you name it, you're along. Okay, take a little bit of motion sickness pills with you before you go to the theater because you might need them, and and it pays. Off because it's so thrilling to watch. I mean, come on. Does anybody know how to make an action movie better than Tom Cruise? I don't think so. He does a pretty good job. I mean, like him or not, he does some pretty good movies. And uh, yeah, I heard the inside the cockpit. It felt like you were driving, and I'm down with that. I would love to check that out. So, all right. Well, Top Gun in theaters now. Hundred and sixty million dollar opening weekend. What a what a world. What a world. And uh, what are you giving it? Negative one to four star, uh, four waffles. What do you say? I'm going three and a half waffles. I think my Ooh. only complaint, my only complaint, is this movie has a natural ending, and then they add another twenty minutes to it. Uh oh. Okay. Well, but it's a, it's a cool twenty minutes. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's cool. cool. It's cool. It's still cool. It's just... <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple other streams we wanted to mention. Honorable mentions. We got about uh, three minutes here. Uh, Stranger Things season four. I think it's four, right? Season four. Yes, this is season four. It's the first seven of nine episodes. The last two episodes will be coming out July 1st. And, uh, you know, we, we catch up with the gang, except they're all split up. As we know, at the end of Stranger Things, the last season, a group of them, uh, the buyers, have been moved out uh, along with Eleven out to California for her safety. But uh, there's something troubling the old town of uh, Hawkins, Indiana again. An evil evil demon known as vecna and uh well everybody's gonna be shocked at where vecna came from and i'll just leave it at that i saw some of the trailers <laughs> and uh, i'm assuming it was vecna that was the bad guy uh with all the vines and the yeah and i was just like i was like oh man oh man that's yep. creepy they, oh they spent a little bit of money on this thing okay I mean, yeah and Every episode is like an hour and 20 minutes long. That was the, that was the thing. My son said, man, I was bummed when they said there was only nine episodes. And then I found out they're like an hour and 20 minutes a piece. And I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. I know. Mini movies, right? I mean, yes. yeah. Oh. oh, God. But totally worth it. I mean, I really liked it. I'm going for Waffles on Stranger Things 4. Wow. It hooked me. I can't wait to wow. see how it ends. Okay. Well, I love Stranger Things. That was a great series as well. Um, there's some really standout moments in that whole thing. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and finally, uh, here in the last uh, minute or so, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, on Disney+. Plus. It's the story of what happens after Luke becomes Darth Vader and uh, what happens to Obi-Wan. He goes to Tatooine and there's a whole story here. Uh, including some cool pieces that were pulled from other video games and other Star Wars lore, including the Jedi Hunters, which they call the 
enforcers, I think. I can't remember what it was, but the, I mean, it's it's amazing. Oh, inquisitors, it, inquisitors. That's the what they're inquisitors. Called. Yeah. yeah, and 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 you know, it, yeah, it's it's what was Obi Wan doing in the years between the last sequel, the last prequel movie, you know, Revenge of the Sith, and A New Hope, and it was hiding out in the desert, watching over Luke Skywalker, except. As we find out in this movie, he has to go on a rescue mission. Or it's not a movie, it's, it's a series. It's going to be several episodes. Uh, you know, at this point, we're two episodes in, and everybody's talking about it, so I'm just going to tell you, he has to rescue a little 10-year-old Princess Leia. Oh, man. I didn't know that, but that's fine. I'm all <laughs> excited about it. The Inquisitors are a big part of several other parts of the Star Wars universe, including the Clone Wars and the uh, Rebels series. And so I'm really, really looking forward to uh, seeing more about that. What you've seen so far, negative one to four waffles, my friend. What do you What do you I, say? I'm kind of sitting at three right now because little baby Princess Leia feels like a ripoff of Baby Yoda in a lot of ways. Oh, <laughs> dang it, dang it. I'm, I'm like, you know, Mandalorian did this a little cooler. I'm just saying. Right. Well, I can't wait to see more. I know Hayden Christensen's supposed to show up in it sometime. I'm going to wait for all six episodes to finally drop before I start it, but uh, I can't wait. All right, Willie Waffle, thank you, my friend. It's good to hear from you. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. We'll see you next week, huh? Next week, we'll talk about Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Oh, man, that thing keeps going, too. All right, folks, out of time. We got to go. The Michael Duke Show continues on Monday. Don't forget... AlaskaRadioAuction.com. We kick things off 10 a.m. tomorrow right here. We will, or 11 on the in the peninsula. We'll see you then. Really, really good. I mean, the Inquisitors were... Um, they, I think it wasn't actually Clone Wars. It was Star Wars Rebels, which is a, a it's a less popular series, but it really dives into the whole Inquisitor backstory. These guys are all trained by the Emperor. They're they're basically Sith uh, hunters who go out and kill Jedi. And man, they're they're spooky. They are kind of spooky guys, and, uh, oh, and they do they, some amazing the stuff. They're the coolest part of the series. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, they are they are some great great bad villains. And, and, you know, they, they fill you with that dread. They fill you with that fear. You know, the idea that Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, and, and you'll see this in the series. And I'm not going to give away too much, but, you know, he's pretty much on. He's, he's on the run. He's hiding. Right. He's, he's, he, he, he's denying that he ever was a Jedi Knight. Who are those Jedi Knights? Don't know what you're talking about. Right. And, and, you know, and these these Inquisitors, they're, they're looking for him. He's the one they want the most. And so, you know, when they when they show up on Tatooine. You know, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of tension, and, and and you see kind of what he's been on the run for. You know, this idea that you can't just be forgotten. Right. You know, like the, the Jedi Knights just aren't going to disappear no matter how much you want them to. Right. No, it's yep. very cool. I can't wait to see if they make nods to other parts of other series because I, I, I find the whole connectivity thing very interesting with different stories. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think you'll like it. I mean, I'm I'm kind of curious to see where it's going to go. Uh, you know, we we uh, well, you know, we're like you said, we're going to get Anakin, uh, Anakin Skywalker, aka Darth Vader, but played by Hayden Christensen. Although I will tell you this, the voice is provided by James Earl Jones. Well, of course it was. He's still alive. Yeah. They're not going to let somebody else <laughs> slip in there on that. 
No way. Although I will, say, I will say that the guy who who portrays him in uh, Rebels, which takes place after the Clone Wars, um, the guy who voices him is not James Earl Jones, but he does a pretty good job. So there are some other choices out there. But yeah, if you've got Jimmy Jimmy Jones, that's who you go with right there. That's right. Uh, and you have the Disney money to pay him. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Willie Waffle. Thank you, my friends. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you next week. Folks, we are out of time. We got to go. Thanks for coming in and joining us. As always, again, tomorrow, 10 a.m. In, uh, in the Fairbanks and Anchorage and everywhere else. Down on the peninsula, it starts at 11. We will see you tomorrow morning for the Alaska Radio Auction. It's going to be fun stuff. All right. I got to get out of here. We'll see you later. Have a great day. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show